Hi, this is Kate Luzio, founder and CEO of Luminary, New York's premier collaboration space for women who are passionate about professional development and expanding their networks. Welcome to Come Sit at Our Table, our Be a Luminary podcast. During our podcast, we'll speak to luminous leaders, exploring how they're inviting others to their table and exemplifying luminary behavior in their personal and professional lives. We welcome you to listen and come sit at our table. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I uh, don't know when everyone's listening to this, but I'm excited to announce that we have Bree Seely, serial entrepreneur, author, and host of the podcast, The Success Diaries, launching April 9th. Also a Luminary member here at Come Sit at Our Table, the Luminary podcast. So welcome, Bree. Hello. Thank you for having me. No, it's really exciting. You know, we do, um, for any of you that are listening and or haven't listened, we love a balance of having some of our sort of that speaker. We've had, you know, Mindy Grossman. We've had um, Sarah LaFleur, Sandra Campos. But one of the things that I'm really focused on is having a number of our members and sharing their stories because there can't be enough stories out there. And we really need other people's journeys to be out there so that they can listen, they can learn, and that they can aspire to be, but also hopefully get you more business. <laughs> That's <laughs> a big focus for me. What, what I hear a lot from people that hear my story is that even if I'm sharing whatever part of my story I'm sharing, personal, business, whatever, that a lot a lot of women need to hear those stories in order to give themselves permission yes. to live out their story in whatever way they want. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think it's it's something different, right? So if you're sitting as I used to and as as a, a former banker, I couldn't imagine other other stories out there. That was my story. So being able to now listen to so many, I think is an incredible opportunity, even if that's not what you aspire to be, but just hear different journeys and perspectives. So let's get into your story. Um, as I mentioned when we started, serial entrepreneur, author, now hosting your own podcast, which we just um, we just recorded for I Will Be On The Podcast called The Success Diaries, and a not recent but relatively new transplant from LA to New York City and Luminary member. So take us back. Um, ta- let's hear your story as you like to tell it uh, yeah. and what led you to launching three companies and everything that you're doing now? I say that I was an accidental entrepreneur because I grew up with a mom who was an entrepreneur, super, super, super small town, Minnesota. She owned a retail location um, and also had a daycare before that. And I would watch her struggles as an entrepreneur and say, I don't ever want that. Like, that is <laughs> not my life. Yeah. I am not like, nope, nope, nope. And then went to college got two degrees in fashion design, a bachelor's and a master's, moved to Seattle area for a job as a costume designer, very quickly realized that uh, there's not much money in that. And (laughs) I was not meant to be a, uh, a struggling artist. So got a day job and the day job was great. They, over a course of eight years, I like eight times my set, like just insane. Every time I went to quit that job, they would just give me more money but I knew that it wasn't my passion. Yeah. I said no to it multiple times before I finally said yes to it. And so I started on the side just a, l- a little fashion label. Mm-hmm. Just a little one. And so that's kind of how I became this accidental entrepreneur. Okay. 
And so I would do things like, you know, I would get out in the community. I'd do art exhibits with fashion. I would do bridesmaids dresses and flower girl dresses and prom dresses and all that stuff little by little. Within three years, I was launching my first collection, which immediately started winning awards, getting boutiques on board, showing at Magic, which is the largest trade show in America. Like getting, you know, onto Phoenix Fashion Week, winning that getting picked up by Zappos, going to LA Fashion Week, dressing Tony Braxton, like all these things started happening. In eight, within eight years? Yeah. Wow. And at the cusp of my ninth anniversary in that business, I shut it down. Why? Because that inner satisfaction piece just wasn't there. Mm. What I realized and, and kind of had to go through at the time was... I love fashion. In fact, I still, over Christmas, I made myself a beautiful new Burberry wool mink winter coat. Like, beautiful. I don't love the business of fashion. Okay. And and what I didn't realize at the time, I just knew that I didn't feel great. I felt every day like I had run a race on a hamster wheel, which, as you know, hamster wheels don't move. <laughs> they don't actually get anywhere. Yeah. So I felt like I was just beating my head against a wall day after day after day despite all these brilliant successes on the Mm -hmm. outside, right? And so I was in, a a series of events happened March 2015. I went to a workshop that totally changed my life, totaled my car 12 hours later, signed up with a coach, and then immediately turned around and shut down my fashion business, all within like four days. And it was necessary, like it had to happen that way. And what came out of it was me realizing that people had been coming to me for years, asking me to teach them how to build successful businesses. And at the time I was like, I don't do that. Right. I'm a fashion designer, go find someone else. And so really a lot of my journey has been following the breadcrumbs and paying attention because I'm a huge believer in the universe and you know things happening for a reason. And when I stepped back, and really saw the signs that were guiding me, it was very clear that this was my next step. So I, March 21st of 2020 is my five-year anniversary of being a coach. Um, Last year, I became the top-ranked entrepreneur coach on Google. Like, things are really moving in a great direction. I love what I do. I'm excited to wake up every day, even if it's just sitting on WordPress building a sales page, which is what I'm doing today. Like, (laughs) I love what I'm doing, and it doesn't feel the way that fashion felt to me. Right. The business of fashion. Yes. Because your passion was, yes, fashion, but you didn't like the business around it. Yeah. Or or weren't growing and and challenging yourself the way you are now as an entrepreneur and certainly as a coach, the way I pick up on it. Yeah. And we, you and I have had lots of conversations um, since you joined in, in last August. But I love how you said following the breadcrumbs and paying attention and being able to take a step back. I do feel like we are all so, and again, certainly in my former life as a, in, in the corporate world, we're all just going, going, going and, and attaining that next level or promotion. And not everybody takes the opportunity to follow the breadcrumbs because they're just on that hamster wheel. How did you have the wherewithal to say, I've, I've actually got to step back here and take stock and do something completely different? So for me, I'm not big in subtleties. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why when the universe needs to speak to me, it usually has to come through some sort of like, you know, two by four smacking me upside the head, Mm -hmm. um, which is what that car accident was five years ago. And luckily, you know, there's, I actually have some interviews out there that are like, why totaling my car was the best day of my year. Yeah. And 
luckily no one was hurt my car completely totally crumbled like an accordion but like it was the most beautifully divine perfect accident where like everyone walked away with not even a bump or a scratch or a sore muscle um but i needed that in order to have that pattern interrupt so for me it back in that day hadn't been as easy for me to slow down and see the signs now I have kind of implemented, I'm very big on believing that my business isn't just me. I really truly believe that there's a bigger energy out there that we all have access to. So I begin every single day basically tapping into that. My mornings begin with, of course, me feeding my cat because she has it no other way. And then <laughs> a cup of tea sitting on my meditation cushion with a journal and, you know, a book and my meditation app and just really centering myself so that I can listen because most of us don't slow down enough to be able to listen. And the best guidance that I have ever gotten and will ever get comes from something that is not me. Right. I, I, abs- I mean, I think that's a, that's absolutely correct. I, I, people always ask me about, you know, what are the silver bullets? And I, I, I say, listen, you know, you when we get these new jobs and when you accelerate your career, you're not meant to know everything. That's why you're getting the job, right? You're still there to listen and learn. Otherwise, why have it? It would be pretty boring, right? So I love the fact that you're saying you, you listen and you're listening to the universe and yourself and what's making you happy and where you can apply your ambitions also to your passion of coaching, building other entrepreneurs and something that you know you could do yourself. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, at a young age and you're young to know that it's not taking you, you know, 60 years to know that. And I see when you participate in our events and our speaker series, the questions that you ask. Right. You're still listening. You're still learning and how to apply that to you and your business. Yeah. And for me, too, like it's not just even listening for me. It's I'm constantly listening to know how to better serve my clients mm. because I look at, you know, I've been really fortunate in my entrepreneurial journey that like I'm going on year 15 of being an entrepreneur, which is insane. Like 90% of people don't make it this far. Yeah. And I know that I don't want that to be the case for other people. Like I don't want other people to be falling into that 90%. Mm -hmm. So I listen not just for me but also for how am I going to be able to synthesize this into paying it forward to my clients and the people that watch my YouTube channel and the people that subscribe to my newsletters and my trainings. And like, I'm always consuming and, and like not just consuming, but really integrating new concepts and new ideas because I know that I'm here to drastically impact the entrepreneurs of the world. And I can't do that if I'm not listening. So what inspired you to do the podcast, The Success Diaries? Listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have a lot of people come to me who have worked with other coaches, Mm -hmm. who these coaches tell them, here are the five steps you take, and this is what it looks like to be successful. And when you can take these five steps, then, you know, X, Y, Z. And I don't believe in those things. Like you said, the silver bullets. Yeah. I don't. I don't believe in those things. There are no five steps. Right. And so people come to me because I help them find their steps. Right. My steps are going to be different than anyone else's. And for me to say you have to follow my steps is like. Right. Because everyone's journey is different. Exactly. 
So the Success Diaries started, I was actually talking to a former client and she was like, you have empowered me so much to adopt my own version of success and find my own path. And that's so much of, and every client has pretty much said that to me for the last five years. And I was like, oh, people are still holding on to that idea that there's only one way. Right. And there's only one path. So the Success Diaries is really a whole ton of interviews with women and men. There's going to be some men on there. That's great. That live all over the world, that all want different things. Or even if they want different things, they have different iterations of how they're getting there. And just really, again, the stories of like, What's possible for me? Mm-hmm. Because I don't have to follow the same path that everyone else has followed. And I personally have always been like, I dance to the beat of my own drum and will purposefully buck the system. Yeah. If someone tells me this is how it has to be done, I'm like, <laughs> let me let me just, no. Yeah. No. We're very similar that way. We've had those conversations, right? Oh. I mean, I'm a, when if someone tells me no, I'm figuring out a way that one, to change their mind and that they're going to say yes. But even more broadly, if someone says it has to be this way, no, there will have to be multiple ways, right? That's not how the world runs. Even in high school, I remember I used to wear, well, I still do. You, you might see me around. I wear these like scarves. Oh, yeah. My hair. Yes. And I love it because it's like it lets me go five days without washing my hair. It's great. <laughs> it's my, one of my hacks. Um, but I used to wear them in high school as well. But I would wear like pink frilly ones or like gingham ones like they were super cute or whatever yeah. and back in the 90s you know the whole gang yes thing was going yes. around and they implemented a policy that you cannot wear bandanas at school but we i had would, the same by the way at my high school i would come with my little head scarves my little handkerchiefs yeah. and the vice principal pulled me out of class one day out of physics class and said you're going to need to take that off and i said well why and he said well it's a, it's a bandana i said it is not a bandana <laughs> It, it is isn't a handkerchief yeah. or, you know, a scarf or my hair. Scarf. Yeah. And uh, he said, no, 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 it's a gang symbol. And mind <laughs> you, it was like pink with like a scalloped edge. And he was like, you're going to have to take it off or go home. And I said, you're welcome to send me home. But please know that my mom's lawyer will be calling you later. So you probably want to be in your office. <laughs> and like that has always been my like, don't tell yeah. me yeah. how to how to be me. Especially because you knew it wasn't wrong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm always looking to, like, how can I, if this path doesn't work, how can I find a workaround? How can I find a detour? How can I, like, I am unwilling to just follow the path that's been laid in front of me simply because it's there. So as an entrepreneur, solopreneur, you've got your own companies. I'm going to ask, and as a coach... I am sure people reach out to you all the time. Oh, Brie, can I pick your brain? Could I just have a little bit of time? As you've built your business, because we hear a lot of this from entrepreneurs, and it happens to me all the time. Time is money. How do you handle those questions where you say, listen, you know, you, I, you can pick my brain, but it's going to cost you something? Because that's part, that is your business, it's so it's a combination of a few things. One, if they ask me that, you know, I someone I'll I hate that I, saying or, by the way. So pick your I. brain. It's, it's terrible. Well, and for me, it's disrespectful. Yeah. Because at this point, I basically have a PhD in entrepreneurship. Right. And, you know, people there's a lot of people that want everything for free. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of great free resources out there and I am happy to send you my free resources. Right. But my free resources do not involve me getting on the phone to give you my 14 years of knowledge that are filled with time and money and investment that like, frankly, you're not even going to follow anyways because you're not invested in right. it. 
something happens when you become invested in something, you are more enrolled. Like we talked about having skin in the game. Right. And so for me, you're welcome to go, you know, have at it with all my free content. I have hundreds of videos on YouTube. I have hundreds of podcast episodes. Have at it. If you really are truly serious about wanting to do something, you need to have skin in the game. Right. And so I actually had someone reach out to me and say, oh, I'm getting ready to write a book. And, you know, when I write my book, I'd love to sit down and pick your brain about your strategy. And I emailed her back and I said, with all due respect, I spent $30,000 to write my book. Right. So you cannot pick my brain. Right. Unless you want to become a client. And this is what that looks like. You know, I am very serious about my success and I'm very serious about what I do in the world. And because of that, I'm willing to invest highly in myself. Absolutely. I take out loans. I have credit card. Like, I do what I need to do to create the results that I want in the world. And a lot of that involves me investing my money in getting to where I want to be. So I don't give out a lot of my strategies and things like that for free because that's your business it's my business and i know what happens when you invest in yourself and when you put your money where your mouth is something shifts if you just want everything for free it's very likely that the results you're seeking are not going to come from that kind of mentality well that's they're looking for the silver bullet right i mean i I get it all the time and, and 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 you know as again i know this is a part of a lot of it is people will say, well, women do this, but we feel bad saying no. And I think um, it's great to hear from your side how you're saying no, but not just no, just, hey, are you willing to invest in yourself? And, you know, the other angle people will do, and I hear it a lot from from both, again, our corporate women at Luminary and then our entrepreneurs, that, that well, you, will you mentor me? And so a mentoring relationship is not just, hey, you reach out on LinkedIn and say, can you mentor me? A mentoring relationship is just that, a relationship that builds over time. Yeah. And I, would, I can imagine a lot of people will ask, hey, can you mentor me because I'm a new entrepreneur? Yeah, and in that case, I refer them to one of my like online communities. Or, and again, too, it's hard because the line between mentor and coach is so blurry that like, you know, I really, I had to set boundaries with myself basically because I have one mentoring relationship Mm -hmm. right now and I actually approached him. Okay. He didn't approach me. He didn't even know who I was. Right. So um, it's someone that was on the Queer Eye series and I watched his episode and the universe that night would not let me sleep and it was like, you have to reach out to him, you have to reach out to him, you have to reach out to him. And I've been mentoring him for about a year and a half and just really helping him through the next stages of his journey. And I now, I'm also at the place where I get to choose to do that. Right. Like I can choose to give away essentially a $20,000 scholarship to someone because, you know. That's your choice. That's my choice. And I just have the resources to do, to do that it. right now. Yeah. And I have the time and space to do that. But, you know, it, in terms of mentorship, it is difficult because that's, that's my yeah. job. That's yeah. my life. So. There, there's an amazing, um, and I've talked about her before, Deepti Sharma. She runs a, an organ, a company here in New York called Food to Eat. And we had her, she was speaking at an event here at Luminary. And one of the things she said, you know, don't just 
tell me how great my business is. Don't just tell me how great I am. Don't just ask me to pick my brain. Buy from me. And that's how we succeed, right? When you look at the statistics for women-owned businesses, they're not great, right? 98% of women-owned businesses never make more than, never make over, never make a million dollars or more in annual revenue, right? So how do we, we actually pay for it, right? Well, and even like 80% of women-owned businesses never even crest the six-figure mark. Which yeah. is insane. Yeah, that it is. It really is. And if if right now over eighteen hundred of them are being founded every single day in America, we have to be willing to say, "Hey, buy from me. Pay for this service. Buy a membership at Luminary." Well, and I think a good beginning for that for a lot of women is that we have to change the way that we see money, and we have to change our relationship with yes, money. because women have been historically disempowered around wealth and around money, around the way we spend, around trusting ourselves to spend. Look at the cultural narratives. They're filled with stories about how women are bad with money. Yes. And we And we're risk averse. Yeah. And we don't we we only give to nonprofit and charitable organizations. Yeah. We have to if we want to be wealthy, we have to change our mentality around wealth. We just have to. And there's so many great resources out there to do it, but like we have got to change the way that we see money in the world if we really, truly want to achieve, um, you know, parity. Absolutely. Like all of the, we have got, it starts with us. And it starts with just, you know, I asked, I was speaking a couple of weeks ago at an, at an event and I asked the audience, I said, how many of you have brunch or lunch with your girlfriends? Yeah, everyone's raised their hand. How many of you talk about how bad your boss is or you didn't get the promotion or whatever with your friends? Yeah, everyone. I said, how many of you know how much each other make? No hands, right? And so it does start at the bottom at this sort of grassroots, do it with your friend group, do it with your whisper network, which I call them, right? Do that. And the more we can do that and share and not feel uncomfortable, the better it becomes for all of us, whether you are, again, in that corporate world and trying to get that next promotion and pay parity or you're building your own business. Um, and not vilify absolutely for making, a, for lot making a lot of money. When I came out about three years ago and, was, and did a Facebook video and was like, I'm committing to building a seven-figure business, period. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm aiming for, and I will accept nothing less. And I cannot tell you how many messages I got. In fact, my best friend at the time basically attacked me for it. And like, we have, like, we need to fix that within ourselves because you cannot want parity and then vilify other women for getting there. Like, and it just, no, you're right. And I think we don't talk about it. I mean, people will ask me, why did, you know, how did you fund this? this business at Luminary. And I'd say, well, I saved a lot of bonuses and I made a lot of money and that's okay. I worked really, really hard. And what, whatever you think of people and their different industries, you know, I didn't just sit around. I worked hard and I'm not ashamed of that. Um, and I, but so I, I want to go back to something you said in the very beginning, because I think it has a lot to do. So when you were little and your mom was an entrepreneur, right? And you're in this small town out in out in in Minnesota, and you said, "I don't want to do that. I don't want to struggle like that." Have you had the time now to reflect and say, "Wow, those struggles that she went through actually, I learned a lot." Have you talked to her about that and been sort of again this reflection? Yeah. So my biggest reflection piece came from, and and this is something I do all the time, and I teach a lot as well. Is like, you know, as kids, we pick up a lot of our beliefs from our parents, Mm -hmm. from our environment, all this stuff. 
And so one of the things, and I, I distinctly remember my mom saying this, is that as an entrepreneur, you'll never take home a paycheck a day in your life. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting because when I closed my fashion business and started diving into this mindset world, this energy world, like all these things, it was like, I just, I had this light bulb moment where I was like, no wonder I couldn't make money in my fashion business mm-hmm. because I believed that I couldn't make money in my fashion right. business. Right. And like, that was taught to me. And now I get to reteach myself a new way and create something new for myself. And within a year of my yeah. coaching business, I hit six figures. Yeah. And so like, that's been my reflection is really just understanding like, oh, just because that was my mom's experience right. doesn't mean that that's the experience I have to choose mm-hmm. for myself. And it's been really interesting for me making that journey. You know, my mom and I, she's, hi, mom. She's probably, <laughs> she listens to all of these things. Hi, mom. Um, you know, we haven't really talked about it directly, but it's really illuminated for me just the way that I see the world so differently from, like, where I was raised and brought up. Sure. And, you know, I just the way that I perceive money, the way that I perceive earning, the pricing that I have for my products and services is just so, so that's been a lot of the reflection I've done is just the evolution I've had with that experience for myself and the ability for me to take a stand and say, wait a minute, that's not actually the the story that I want to be playing out, the story I want to be living and creating for myself. Yeah, absolutely. So you asked this of me when when we were just recording um, the Success Diaries, by the way, launching April 9th. (laughs) Uh, We're having an event here at Luminary. Uh, How do you celebrate success? For me, it's a lot of little things. And I I celebrate, I'm such a Taurus. Me too. Are you really? Yes. What's your birthday? May 13th. April 30th. Oh my gosh. So hardcore Taurus. It's so funny. All of my like really, really, really close girlfriends are Taurus. Yeah. My sister-in-law who we taught, we were like Taurus for life. She's May 5th. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I reward myself a lot with food. It's just, it's like such a Taurus thing. We're very sensory. So food and then um, couch cuddles with my cat are like my two things. I just got a weighted blanket for Christmas and it's like therapy. Oh my God, it's the best. And then Peaches comes and sits on me and we like, you know, we hang out and read. So for me, a lot of it is quiet time with myself, taking myself out for a nice meal or a nice brunch. And then also, too, being new to New York is exploring the city. I actually am trying to take most of May off to just go explore the city and go to museums and things that I haven't done yet. And, like, I people that are listening probably don't know this. New York has been the dream my entire life. Really? Since I was five. I knew. And I don't know how I knew. Maybe it's that I watched Batman a lot as a kid. <laughs> we only owned two VHS, Batman and Cinderella, and uh, have always loved New York. First came here when I was 16 and was like, yep, this is it. And life took me elsewhere. You know, I went to Italy for a few years, Seattle for a few years, L.A. for a few years. But, like, being here now is really, like, the best thing I've created in my life and so really enjoying it and finding little things every day to like there was someone on the subway yesterday like curling her eyelashes on the subway and I was just like that's so cool mesmerized mesmerized. yeah I always I always do that when I see people putting their makeup on on the subway when I lived in London I was I'm like how do they do that I can barely do it just in the mirror when I'm in my bathroom and they're doing it when it's it's moving (laughs) um so two final questions we ask everybody that's on so 
and you you sort of alluded to it about the podcast and that you're having both men and women, but how are you, given that Luminaries sort of hashtag and our whole focus is, is bringing and, and creating room for other women at the table, how are you inviting and making room for other women at the table? Yeah, for me, it's really a, just a constant reminder for people of what they're capable of Mm. like constantly holding up that mirror to people and saying you see me as powerful like it is literally only because that power already exists within you and so like I am constantly reminding people what they're capable of what their possibility is whether it's a Facebook post or an Instagram story or whatever it's like I am constantly reminding people you want something it's yours right you have to just decide that you want it yeah. And the only thing stopping you from getting there is yourself. Is you. And so like, I love that. that's, that's so much of what I do is just reminders to people of like, you've got this and you can do this. And the fact that you want it means that it's possible. For and you. I see the, I see you do that here, right? You do that with my team, with me, you do that with, with other members and it's incredible, right? It's that real, it's like, and people need it. People need that reminder. Okay. Last question. Um, who is one of your luminaries? Um, Really, my mom and my grandma Mm -hmm. are, like, the two. So I was raised by a single mom for the majority of my growing up experience. And as a single mom, she would drop me off a lot of grandmas. Because, you know, grandma's actually the one that taught me how to sew and wear my passion for fashion Fashion. My mom gave me a book that I wrote in when I was five a few years ago. And it said, like, what's your favorite thing to do? And it was sewing. Wow. At the age of five. So, like, they're really the, like, the, the... first two strong women that like showed me what it was like and my grandma was always very encouraging of me that like you need to do you and whatever you want and you know I've known forever that I don't want to have kids and she always was so supportive of that like you need to know yourself and just do what you want and and own it out there and own it and you know just follow your path and so like they were really the the two first lights for me along the way to like really and my mom always told me too she's like you can do whatever you want yeah do whatever you want like but just do it but just do it yeah Nike loves that right um <laughs> so at Bree Seely, how do we find you I know you're our top search on Google but how do yes. we find you yes so um yes you can either Google entrepreneur coach and you'll find me um you can find me on Instagram at Bree Seely b-r-i-s-e-e-l-e-y that's probably my most favorite place to hang out and we are having this event at Luminary on April 9th um the success diaries women in podcasting it's going to be a great panel um talking about podcasting and success and all sorts of fun things. So come join us if you're in New York. Amazing. Thanks, Brie. Have a great day. Okay, now I have to do the same. It's like make sure that I'm not... Okay, stop.